1: got some very cool special guests including musical acts that we all love like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast.
0: Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
2: I'm Amara Jones. Every day, the attacks on trans kids grow louder. And more anti-trans bills keep moving through state legislatures. In this season of the anti-trans hate machine, we're going to illuminate how the right wing has fueled these bills by generating a breathtaking and wide-ranging disinformation campaign. It's spreading like wildfire on the internet. It's then being discussed by families and churches. None of this is an accident. It's a strategy to delegitimize trans people and create a world where existence is a question. Subscribe to Season Two of the Anti Trans Hate Machine, a plot against equality, wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.
0: Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the fab foe, Hey, everyone, this is the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is episode 89. Um, this week, we're joined by two um, two friends and fans, um, David Goldstein, who's at, at DaveG924 on Twitter. It's his first time on. Um, thanks, David, for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me, gents.
0: And Josh, who's at NOLA Socks. And this is Josh's... I don't even know what time. this is. You've been on a lot. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me back. Um, so we have something terribly unique tonight. Um, we have five white dads talking about fish which is um I don't know it's really is, hard to <laughs> round up this
4: this group yeah.
0: <laughs> i don't know that this has ever happened before on, on, on internet radio but we're going to get into a discussion about big boat um which came out a few days ago um but first um Jonathan, what's 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 new in the fish world? Um, what are any any news or announcements we need to chat
4: about? Well, um, we had the New Year's announcement. I think since the last, like immediately after we recorded the last episode, they announced the New Year's MSG, um, which uh, you guys are all going to go to, right? Uh, four nights, Madison Square Garden, New Year's Eve. No, yes, maybe, maybe. Dave. Probably
3: at least two, probably three.
4: Yeah, you're up there in New York, right? So yes. Makes sense.
5: Um, I'm going to try to get to a show or two, but I don't know. Fair enough.
0: I'm
4: going to have
5: Fair
0: two enough. two infants at that time, so I'm just pretending that it's not even happening. <laughs> That's what couch tour is all about, dude. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It'll be serious yeah, couch it's tour. Having, it's having infants. <laughs> it right? yeah. is what couch tour, it's okay why couch tour was made. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to
1: come by you, RJ, and then I'll see the infants, and then I'm going to go to New York. With oh, well. one of the infants. wow.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Very That'd be cool. sweet if you have one of our yeah. babies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. I would take it to the, the first fish show. It'd be sweet.
0: That's a good idea. Former guest, um, Alan Paul, did a couple interviews with, with one with Trey and one with Paige, I think, separately, right? And then wrote a couple interviews, yeah. or wrote a couple pieces for that, that ran in the Wall Street Journal, and some some news, news nuggets in there.
4: Yeah, there was some good stuff. Uh, mostly it was talk about the album and whatnot, but one little tidbit is trey referenced that they were rehearsing an album for halloween so not that anybody really doubted it but now we have some confirmation that they're going to be doing something cool for halloween um anybody got any hot picks for that or
3: i'm gonna put the smart money on a billy record which seems kind of cliche but they could have a lot of fun with that
4: so yeah I
3: think I'd enjoy that very much.
5: I think uh because Jonathan loves it so much they're gonna cover the brand new uh, Bonnie Vere album.
3: Oh <laughs> Wow. Yeah, wow.
0: <laughs> Josh, that's what you thought you were uh that's why that's what you thought you were coming on to discuss today, right? This
5: isn't the Bonnie Vare friendly <laughs> podcast.
3: <laughs> they cover Yola Tango's I Can Hear the Heart Beating as one front to back with several ten minute jams in between, that would just cause my I'd make my brain explode. Even that's not such a good thing for that to happen. <laughs> <I'm a
5: dream. laughs> I'd love to see them do Tanga more dad rock.
0: Well, yeah, I, I'd be all for it. It's too hard, man. Remember, ever since they did the, was that two thousand nine when they did the rotating albums, and they were like, they, did they start with a hundred and something like that? They were all like, they all seemed legit, and then everyone like, I mean, it was just, it was, it's too hard. Too hard, like Jonathan said, it's a good way to be wrong, but I'm not even guessing because I have no idea what direction they're going to go. I feel like they
4: got oh, that go back. thing
3: that was in Halloween where they had the board and they kept killing off the albums,
4: yes, yeah, before Fest 8
3: or whatever, right? They would kill one by one, with the Von record got killed, and then yeah, oh,
0: that was pretty good for 2009 internet, actually. You know, I was I mean, thinking good, that good, good <laughs> graphics and whatnot, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Fish is going to play in, in Vegas for Halloween, Jonathan and Brad are going to be there. Um the rest of he us is. aren't, I don't think. Are you going, David?
3: No, I'm definitely going to be watching it at home, but especially that's on a Monday night. I'll yeah, I'll do cash tour for all those and I'll have a good time, but my daughter just turned two, so for me to go out to Vegas on a Sunday would be uh that'd be grounds for divorce. Mm-hmm.
0: So Right on. <laughs> what are you guys are you David or Josh, Dead are you guys rock, catching man. any uh, any other fall shows?
3: Um I am not. Just because they're in the South southeast and the south and the tour's pretty short i'll catch on tv what i can do some mixler but no if nashville had been on a weekend i'd like to go to that just because nashville has a lot of intangibles
5: uh same with david i'm
3: not catching any fall shows and and
5: just just as david said if they were playing nashville for two nights on a weekend uh, my wife and i were going to make a weekend out of it but since it's like a monday and tuesday or tuesday and wednesday that's a no-go
4: Right on. Yeah, it's kind of tough.
0: Well, we will all be paying close attention. Our, our quick hits will be back. Um, we're going to do um, you know reviews right after right after each night. Um, and if people who are listening want to help, obviously shoot us a note. Let us know. Love to have you participate. Um, we'll have these guys from Vegas. I'll do the Atlanta ones, and um, anyone anyone who is interested can hop on for for any of the other shows, or in addition to the to us on those. Um, cool. And so there's something about a million nights in a row at msg and not going to europe which is sad but also kind of awesome is that is that, the, is that the is that the is that the latest rumor
4: yeah i think uh that's another thing to kind of that rumor of the msg at like a dozen nights or 13 nights at msg which i assume would be two weeks with one night off in the middle um has been going around and then in that alan paul interview trey kind of alluded to some quote slowing down and i don't think he just means slow llamas um <laughs> different things so yeah and different kind of yeah. different kind of look to the touring so maybe that really is going to happen i would hope they're going to do that at msg and to do that somewhere out west and maybe somewhere or i saw America.
1: that i saw that they said like maybe late july early august and then that would be great because maybe they'll still go to the to europe in the spring
0: hmm? that's positive thinking right I hope sure. so. That sounds amazing. I don't know if it's happening. Um, know, Brad.
3: As a resident of New York City, I wouldn't have much problem with it. I mean, obviously, I could not, but I couldn't go to all thirteen. I could pick and choose, but uh, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's what the dead did for a while. They would do these eight-night MSG runs, and then go out to the West Coast, or you know, I mean, if they were going to go that route, it'd be nice if they had like one that would be a horn night. You know, they could have certain themes. Or I, I'd
5: love to see them mix it up. Like they're touring and just do something different than a month and a half or month long summer tour, followed by a two or three week long spring tour or fall tour, plus MSG, you know, for New Year's Eve. You know, they've been basically kind of following the same pattern ever since coming back in 2009. Obviously, there are a few falls where they just haven't toured. Uh, I'm all for them just mixing it up and doing a long run at MSG or somewhere else.
4: I don't know. Why not? A lot to be said for doing that. You know, you imagine they'd be rested, sleeping yeah. in familiar beds, if not their own bed. You know, Trey lives in Manhattan now, and um, they've they've all got places or a place I'm sure that they could be comfortable and without the traveling element, they'd be relaxed probably be able to rehearse yeah. in the afternoon and then go down and play a show and i think the result would probably be pretty great particularly for the second half of the run
3: got a couch and air bed any of you guys are just welcome to crash just give me advance uh, notice i'll be right over all
4: right awesome thank you cool so we'll we'll all
0: be scratching at david's for the msg run and, and whoever's listening obviously is welcome to you know
3: how do you know if like deadheads have stayed at your house answer they're still
4: there. Still there.
0: <laughs> Guys, we're going to get into some discussion of the new album that was just released. We're going to kind of mix in some music along the way as we talk. Um, we just, last week, if people didn't notice, we started fading in some music as we discussed it. And we might do the same here for, for some of the tracks we talk about. I don't know, Josh, not to put you on the spot, but do you want to do you want to kick us off the sort of overall takeaways and um, get the discussion going from there? I think it's fine. You know, my,
5: my, opinion, <laughs> my, my opinion of... Recent fish albums, and by recent I really mean going back to the late 90s, is that they're all good. Um, none of them have been terrible in my mind. The way I basically approach new fish albums is I, I really will listen to them a lot when they're released. I think I've listened to Big Boat a dozen or so times already, all the way through. Um, But then what happens to me in new Fish albums is after I give the album a dozen or even two dozen listens, then I stop. And invariably, I never return to the album again. Um, And I think this is just another one of those albums to me. There are songs that I really enjoy, uh, Home... Um, I think is awesome. Um, I love the kind of outro jam at the end, and I'm kind of hoping that turns into a centerpiece of some second set. Um, I think uh, running out of time is just interesting. It's very different from uh, a lot of Fish Studio or otherwise that we've heard. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where that goes live, um, and I. Miss You is a very sad song, but I, I really I like it. I love the uh, nice Trey solo at the end. Um, but a lot of it, to me, and and again, this is just my view. I'm not a music critic, but it's largely forgettable. Um, you know, the songs. I, I like the songs. I like the songs live, um, but the studio versions just kind of leave me wanting.
0: David, what about you? What's your um? What's your sort of big? Big picture takeaway? It took
3: me about three or four listens to really get into it, but I'm largely positive. I'm pretty pro. I mean, one of the things I really look for in records, especially when fish going into studio, is simply how does the album sound? And I think that Big Boat, in terms of overall production values, is their best sounding album since Farmhouse, which I think Bryce Goggin produced. That was uh, when Trey was really into pavement, like the late 90s, early 2000s. There's a lot of ear candy on Big Boat. It's incredibly well mixed. The levels are very good. And on good headphones, you can hear lots of nifty things in the background, especially in a song like Petrichor. There's a lot of layers. Um, I think the horn arrangements, songs like No Man or No Man's Land, and especially Tide Turns are fantastic. And I think it holds together surprisingly well. It's a little longer than Fuego was. I like that it's 13 songs, it has a good flow, and you know, I mean, certainly they kind of aim for more of like an emotional resonance than in the past, and I think they carry it off. And I'm relatively surprised at how much I've been listening to it and how much I enjoy it, simply because it sounds so good. I mean, Ezrin, for things that he may or may not have done in the studio knows how to make a record. He knows what he wants it to sound like. And in addition to the songs themselves, I just think it's very pleasurable to listen to, which is what I want from a fish studio record in this day and age.
4: So
5: David, can I, can I ask a question? Shoot. Like, is it, is it an album? Do you like it as a fish album or do you like it as an album? Like could, um, you listen to a, you listen to a lot of studio music, right? Right. Is it is it is this good for a fish album, or is this a really good album that you're going to listen to for years to come?
3: I'd say album album, because I find with the advent of Spotify and streaming, my attention span is shorter than it has ever been. And for me to have gotten through Big Boat about ten or twelve times through makes me say that all right, this is something I'm actually going to enjoy. I'm going to listen to it with other non-fish albums and it actually makes you want to go out and buy the vinyl so long as they can assure me that it's not going to skip like my Fuego vinyl skips they should be proud of it i think it's a very good album
0: josh i think um i guess i guess i'm maybe closer to you in that i listen to them a bunch but it's sort of like a vehicle for understanding the songs that i know i'm going to hear live later once this came out i actually went back and um, we listened to a bunch of Albums over the past few days, old older Fish albums, and I realized that I hadn't listened to them, and maybe since they came out. So I guess, maybe I don't know. I might be in the minority there. I just don't really listen to Fish albums, besides Rift, really ever.
5: The two that I listen to um, are Rift and Billy Breathes. To me, Billy Breathes is is the one, and Rift. Uh, I put it a little bit behind Billy Breathes, but Billy Breathes to me is is the one Fish album that. I listen to because I like it as as an album up against some of my favorite bands' studio work. Um, I think it works as an album. I think all of the songs flow well together. I think um, you know. I know you guys had tweeted out a question: "What's your favorite Fish studio song?" The song "Billy Breathes" to me is just Fish doing exactly what I you know. And, and this is just my personal preference. But what I what I want to see Fish do in the studio, which is make a, make a take the song and do something in the studio that I can't hear live um, and, you know, do something interesting with it. Play around with the studio. Um, you know, if you kind of listen to Billy Breathes after about the two-minute mark, you get uh, the banjo coming in and kind of this, you know, horn sounds. It's just something that you don't hear live. And then you kind of have that whole second... You know, the second really half of Billy Breathe's is almost this complete suite of music. And it's just that that to me holds up as a studio album and something that's compelling to me. Most of Fish's other studio work, I just I just don't get that feel for.
4: I think you could make a case for this record as being very largely rooted in studio work. It's not let's do what we do on stage. You know, they've got horn arrangements. They've got um, uh, things people do, which is really just a demo. Um, and you're never going to hear it like that on stage. I'm really interested actually to hear, apparently they recorded a bunch of different versions of that, uh, before they, uh, they just settled on playing the demo. But, uh, David, uh, you're right. I agree with your assessment about the work that Ezrin's done and they've done with him and, you know, utilizing the studio and making a good sounding record. Um, a lot of people, you know, throw around the word auto-tune and I'm not sure that, I, I don't agree. It's not. I'm not hearing auto tune. I'm hearing a lot of double track vocals from Trey. You know, where you you record the vocal, then you record it again, and you layer them to kind of get a uh, richer sound. I, I'm hearing that on a bunch of the songs, and and I think it sounds good. And Trey's also singing better than hmm. ever, and I think he spent a lot of time working on that, which you can't do live. You know, just about the singing. And- there's no way
3: that Trey can pull off something like Tide Turns" say 1997 or 1998. I mean, it's really oh, yeah. between Tide Turns, and I guess even Miss You. It sounds like he enjoys singing. He's trying to sing. And while we all know that no one has listened to jam bands for the vocals, <laughs> given that, I think he's come a long way. And just to the point of, for, like, Studio Craft, I mean, I'd say between this record and Fuego, the horn arrangements really make it pop, and this one even more so. I mean, when I first when I first heard Tide Turns, I don't know if they broke it out at um one of the earliest shows, maybe Portland or whatnot. it said, all right, they better put some horns on this in the studio because they make it, they can have a really good solid R&B track. And then it's I guy. think we,
4: I think we talked about that very thing on Twitter because that was my first thought as well. It's like there's definitely room for horns in this. And and they were leaving just almost too much space in the live arrangement because yeah. which didn't really help the live arrangement. But you could tell there's gonna be horns punching right there. Horns should get right there.
1: Maybe just because I've listened to it so much, but it's so distinctive to me. Trey's Trey's horns generally are the same upbeat, nice, you know, rhythm or whatever. He does
4: put together some I don't know if, how, how complex the charts is or if it's more about there's uh, room for the skilled horn players to kind of flesh it out with a little improvised, improvisational or something. I don't know. But, uh, but th- the result really adds up. And you're right, it, it is kind of a uh, tray sound. You hear some of the same stuff in tab and, and it's good stuff to hear.
1: Mm. Jonathan, I think you said um, breath and burning sounds like drifting to you. Right? Yeah,
4: I mean just a little. You know, there's there's and I it found could that just be in my brain.
1: I wouldn't have ever thought about it, but listening back to it, okay, I get it. It's nice, man. I I, I really like that song. I, yeah, and I guess I like it because I also like Trey Band a lot.
0: I'm glad you brought that up, Brad. We should tell everyone that that Jonathan wrote a a good review of the of the album on his on his personal blog, which is not not the same as the HF Pod blog that, you know, we're mixing we're mixing um mixing things up it's on roadjimmy.net right that's it roadjimmy.net we're still
1: working on trying to we're working with roadjimmy's people to get his website on our website
0: it's gonna be hard versa. man he's just a lot of lawyers <laughs> there's a know. lot of
4: contracts and you know yeah it's there's stuff man.
0: There's, like a lot of st- there's a lot of stuff but we're, we'll get we'll, out of my dms bro we'll, we'll, get, we'll get through it um <laughs> so it's th- interesting the reviews that i've seen from the the lamestream media, music media, um, are, <laughs> are um, not great. Uh, the pitchfork thing. I mean, I understand that they like they 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 do what they do, and they've been doing what they've been doing for a really long time.
3: No, I think with pitchfork, with the whole recent, the big, uh, the like Day of the Dead compilation that the National helped spearhead with all those indie musicians, and then God, like Bob Weir's record was reviewed, and so now that they're considering. The dead to be cool. They're like, Sweet, okay,
1: that's it, right?
3: let's review a fish record. When the dead oh, yeah. wasn't cool, that's what, maybe they just didn't know about it. I mean, <laughs> dead's always been fucking amazing, right? Yeah. But was just, like you, the guy, he compared like Blaze On. He's saying like, you know, this is a good latter day Fish song. It's not as good as So Many Roads. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs>
4: <laughs> These are very different things. As you get much it. You as listen they- to the dead they come together they're they're still very
0: different things well it's but doesn't it get back to like a fundamental sort of i don't know misalignment between the like indie rock and and jam scene you know like jam jam bands are taboo until they until they become cool like maybe if the shins like come back and cover billy breeze then like pitchfork will be like sweet man
4: Fish is actually oh, awesome. Tickets are hard enough already. We don't need <laughs> Pitchfork or Time Magazine or whatever to review yeah. Fish out as well. Fish doesn't need him to review them. But well. look, this is also I of, like a Fish record. This, I uh, think this
1: goes to Joss's point that like no one thinks there's been like an outstanding Fish studio album, so these guys think they can't make like records, bro. You know. What
5: was, and that's, what was that's funny? It. What was funny about the Pitchfork review is like if you're going to review a Fish album, give it a one. Like on Pitchfork, you're giving it like a five point three, which is like, yeah, it's kind of after a, not they a bad shat app. on it. Is they like, shat on
1: like, it like five point.
5: Yeah, like shit on it, and like you know, make a funny review. You know what I mean? Like entertain me about how bad this album is, and then give it a two, or or something, but just kind of a. Yeah, it's an okay ladder. It, it was just a stupid art. It was stupid it was really I don't good. know why they're I don't know why they're wasting their time.
4: Exactly. That was my question. I didn't read but, but a couple paragraphs time. in the whole
3: thing. He clearly um, listened to Fish before. Like I don't think he was going in it entirely cold. Like he had some interesting observations about the concerts and the fan base, and I think he'd mentioned you'd listen to Joy and Fuego, so he wasn't going in entirely cold, but he really didn't like tide turns at all. He said it no, was some sort of
0: I really liked, and he described it in the exact way that I hear it. I want to ask about why Fish bothers to make albums. Because, like, what I understand, I guess it's just part of being a musician. You like to get in the studio and see what you can do. But, like, honestly, I mean, I'm not saying that they shouldn't, because I appreciate it when they do, but, like, why
3: bother? I mean, I think that they do it to mark them. As a musician, it's your job. It's what you get up and do every day. And, I mean, a band like Fish, I think they still believe in the sanctity of albums. Those guys grew up with albums they grew up with album artists that put out several records you know they themselves they feel as touring musicians make this career we want to have an album to mark where we are at this place in time And i think that they enjoy the challenge i mean i don't tell they were they've been serious about records since
1: 86 when they put the white tapes out right like i mean they that was like serious time into that
4: well, you know, in the early days, making records was a, a whole part of the industry. Even though Fish themselves never suffered from pressure from uh, their label, Electra was, you know, very relatively cool insofar as labels go, and you know, let them just kind of work on their thing. But they they wanted to make albums, and they they worked really hard at them, and it it didn't stick with the lame stream, as you put it, RJ. But uh, you know, but it's it it stuck with somebody. Should hashtag that. Yeah. You know, and the <laughs> copyright that, and the um, yeah, as David said quite astutely, I think, is that they grew up, they're album people. They grew up listening to albums. The '80s when they became a band was still the album era. The '90s was even early '90s was still an album era, um, and it's really only now when a lot of artists can get by without bothering to make an album, but that's still who they are. They write songs, they put them together, and you know they're a different thing. This is the thing. Kind the of thing goes that to what I we're always, talking about?
1: I have a question about is how much. What is a
2: city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was
4: sitting on stage for the very first time, thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening.
2: Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
1: Album making has changed since when, I don't know, in 86, when they had to be in a studio and lay down some tracks, as opposed to, as opposed to now when they've made it all over the country, right? But, and but they're and still like,
4: in studios, uh, except yeah, for... Uh, not so much together every time, you know? Uh, that, 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 recording that's by the, that, um, occasional flying in and recording has been around for a while. So I mean, the Dead did it with, uh, what was it Built to Last? You know, they they were hardly hardly anybody in the studio at the same time, um, and it kind of worked. I'm
1: not saying a bad anything bad about it. I'm just saying it's a totally different
3: scenario and situation, right? Life. I think life for this producer. one, I think they recorded it. What they did it in New York. They did it at Esmond Studios in Nashville, and they also did some at the Barn. But I'm pretty sure that they were all in the same place at the same time.
4: I think they did some mus- mus- Muscle okay. stuff to get some of the horns as well. Maybe some overdubs, but yeah.
0: So, so guys, we should um let's just get into some of the details here. I mean, um, I'm sure the most of yeah, because
1: our- right now it's just been like kind of like you know not detailed
0: no i just i i I asked like a dumb question and got a good answers and now we can talk about fish again josh start with you what are what are some of the standouts like what do you what do you keep going back to what do you find yourself um re-listening to on the album particularly
5: um i like home um (laughs) uh billy Breeze.
1: You can say nothing else. You could
4: say, no, "I like home." Home. That's it. No, I
5: like I like home. I, I I hear what everybody is saying about Tide Turns, and I had actually tweeted a couple of weeks ago that like, why even record this song? It's so lightweight and just nothing. And and I understand. Like I, I get I get I get that. I mean, it's the horn. The horns are arranged beautifully. It sounds great. But, like, if I want to hear that type of song, I don't need to hear it from fish. I just don't you know like i'll, I'll there there, are, there there are bands who who do this a lot better than fish, and Believe i don't you? need to I don't need to hear fish's you know kind of derivative soul music. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna re- rebut that just slightly, and you're obviously entitled to that opinion, and it's not entirely wrong. Like, yeah, we're listening to fish, but if if they're feeling it, if you write it as a songwriter, you might wanna you might wanna play it, um, and the only thing I could say that would, you know, that I would like to hear uh, differently on this track, and there's one other on the album. Is that maybe they should have gone with someone other than Ezrin to produce it. If you want to play a soul track in what year is this? Twenty sixteen, go down to Daptone Records, get the Daptone Dap King horns and um, and make a soul record. And if Fish had done that, we'd be having a different conversation. Just well, for those songs, just yeah, for that yeah. song and like No Men and No Man's Land, which also comes off well on the record, that would have been a forty five I would have stood in line to buy.
5: And and Jonathan, I think you're spot on. I mean, when, when I was saying like if I want to hear kind of, you know, new bands playing soul music, I'll listen to Sharon Jones or I'll listen to, you know, any any other band that's on, you know, Daptone Records. Like that to me is much more compelling than uh, you know, hearing Trey and Fish sing a soul tune. Had they had they gone and got the you know, the Dap Tone horns, sure. That it probably would have been better. But it's still Fish playing a soul song.
1: Can we, hold on. I can we it. talk about the fact that he's like the whitest, gingeriest guy around? And he's like making songs that sound like that. I mean, come on. It's right. fucking great. This Points. is this He doesn't been... need... Yeah, he's he's fucking crazy. He's like an alien, I think.
5: <laughs> and, and you can say everything that I'm saying is kind of hypocritical because all of Fish's music is derivative. So, I mean, everything that they play, they're basically borrowing and stealing... You know, sounds and styles from other artists. To me, I don't know the the soul thing doesn't really work with Fish.
1: I think he tries his hardest at it, and it comes out really well. It could be better, right? Like we could hear better, but it's so fun to watch him play it, and then we also get maybe like a bow or a Reba I
4: or wouldn't something. mind hearing Charles Bradley could do that song.
0: Well, mm. I mean, when we talk about the expectations, you know, where these songs show up live is a totally different discussion, but also a legit one, you know i think like what you're saying brad which is which is how i view fish albums which is like cool i wonder what this will be like live as opposed to like wonder how many times i'll listen to this studio version but something i I think this is just me being a total sucker for fish in general like there's so many catchy um songs on this album that i can't like stop listening to and that that might subside after i don't know a few weeks but just from, I mean, tide turns so and Miss you at home. I got, and
1: I've got the cute story. Hold on, more. For one second, sorry.
0: More is amazing. More. <laughs> yeah, yeah I like
1: more. Was at the sink singing Blazon. Second set closer. Blaison
0: second set closer. Yeah. See, Brad, your kids are already, you know, my my son's been asking me to play Big Boat like the past couple days. I'm like, dude, that's like, I, you know,
4: I I more
3: after. They'll break it out at the end of the second set, and after you've had three or four beers or whatever your pleasure happens to be, you'll be pumping your fist.
4: You won't mind the cheesy <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> Something nope. this. It's got it's an epic beat. People are going to love it. Vibrating down?
0: vibrating with love and light. It's, it's a it's great one. It's got the same, a growing. Growing.
3: Got the same four chords as Touch of Grey. I mean, it's a good... <laughs> It's kind of like Valentine or any of Trey's daily affirmation songs where mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. so into it that on the surface you realize it's kind of cornball. You can't help but, I guess, rally along. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that. For the record, my wife thinks that um, Home sounds like a Ben
1: Folds song. It does. Like, every time it comes out, she's like, okay. is this Ben Folds? <laughs> No, stop! This is the hundredth time we listen to it. Every time I tell you,
5: it's Page. Oh, I, I often think that some of um, Paige's songs sound slightly Ben Folds-esque. I think it's his voice and the piano,
0: mm-hmm. and he looks like Josh. Do you think that "Miss You" is also does that fall in the same category in terms of sort of cheesy pop? That
5: no, I mean to me, "Miss You" is is a Trey ballad with a nice you know guitar solo,
0: and, and again, I
5: I think just to kind of backtrack, you know, I have like. Tide Turns, it's, it's a fine song. I don't mind it live. To me though, like when you're gonna go in you know, when I'm talking about like studio albums, I don't need to hear Tide turns, you know, Fish's version of a soul song in the studio. I do I do like home. I, I think a lot of these songs will be good and, and have been good live. I mean we haven't <laughs> talked about we haven't talked about Blaze On, the Hold studio on, version man. of Blaze On.
1: Twice you said so good. Twice he said I like home and um pause. <laughs> <laughs> <Like this. laughs> I can't think of anything else. I like
0: it. Blaze On is great. The no man the no Man, I think is
4: It's like a great, fantastic, Uh, terrific on that, right? That would be the A side of of my Fish Depths single, by the way, with Tide Turns on the flip. Mm -hmm. I love Friends. I didn't at first. At first, I was like, "Huh," and then I, you know what? I love it. It gets me pumped. I didn't believe you at first. I no, you thought I I was joking, and I can see why you would. But I, it just. I love Friends and I want to see it live again here's my again opinion about Friends it,
1: it's like when you listen to the lyrics and you're, you're trying to get into it you're like, dude is he really singing about religion? And then he says
4: religion and aliens on, but
1: then he says they come from outer space which I'm like oh yes this is the best <laughs> like you know <laughs> Insta- big fashion. Yeah. yeah dude amazing
0: and you could have said anything but once you said outer space I'm in
5: <laughs> yeah I thought he was serious and I'm like nope he's talking about outer space <laughs> it's aliens <laughs> I, I think it's the I think it's the best stupidest first song on a Fish album ever.
0: I'm surprised that it's the title <laughs> track, That's but it just shows narrow. how Fish Fishes, you know. Like, the, who who would put that song as the not only the first track but also like the title? I mean, has to, Fishman, from the title
1: Fishman starred in. I mean, maybe Poor Heart. Like, what other studio songs has Fishman starred in? I've sung a bunch of songs, lengthwise. lengthwise. I know, but come on, let's talk lengthwise.
3: about us Um, Fishman studio songs other than lengthwise. <laughs>
0: I, don't I know. can't think of it in the top yeah, of my head. There. There's got to be something.
4: There. There's something on virtually every record. I mean, they at least Ringo and and give him one. So and and I don't mean to say they just give him one. Oh, let's let Ringo play one. But I mean, they actually he brings songs and it comes out. He wrote.
3: Out. Dog faced boy but doesn't sing it. Yeah, yeah.
0: too. he wrote Tube. but he's got a he's got a lot of stuff under his belt. He's got he's got some jams.
4: So, <laughs> he's got yeah. some jams. Yeah. Leave him Show alone, the respect. You
1: know? I like tube though. Tube's tube, not bad. Tube's pretty
0: good. good lyrics, really. Good lyrics.
4: Uh, <laughs> Featured on taste. True. Yeah. True. Or the fog that surrounds, even more so. so.
0: And the original uh, the original say, version uh, of Limb by Lim.
4: The biggest problem with Miss You
3: was their decision to debut it in the first set of the first night of Wrigley Field. Because that wasn't a really good spot in which to put a Torch song. Uh, too many too many drunk chads? I give you yeah, that. Yeah, too many drunk chads. Too many people saying, I'm at Ribby Fields, blow the yeah. roof off the joint. And then you get the seven-minute Torch song about Trey's sister.
4: Which Well, see, Trey got out there and he realized there was no roof to blow off. So he could mm-hmm. play whatever he wanted. I would have been like no? a fucking
1: okay. sobbing fetus in like in the middle of the field. Just crying if he really, played that. That would have
0: been really weird to look at.
3: If I were there, um, <laughs> it's. I think you're going to see the best slot for that. I mean, I could see like Miss You the reprise encore, or maybe late, yeah, sort of like second a joy, set,
0: s- similar to Joy, right? Yeah.
3: Definitely. So the, you very, know what it is? It's very it's a, similar.
1: It's, it's a. It's like a more emotional Winter Queen, maybe. You know, Trey, that, that, that beautiful
3: solo to hear Mike's song to miss you and to week of Pog. It's,
4: it's gonna happen. So um, buckle up. Right. So it'll guys, be Mike's.
3: It'll be Mike's is song.
5: Okay? Is this? It'll okay? be Mike's song. Miss you. Line uh, backwards down the number line.
4: The line and then week of hug. That sounds amazing. And then I'll be dancing by myself so in yeah, the front row me and jonathan with rj and brad yes it's us we'll be happy um so real quick let's
0: do i want to talk about the kind of where this where this album sits from your guys' perspective but first for people who haven't heard the album um i think josh we got your answer which is home but lightning round what's the one what's the one track that you'd recommend people check out if they're not going to listen to the whole album josh would you would that be home for you
5: it would be home
4: jonathan called it uh, you know i'd probably send them at uh no man and no man's land just because uh, it's it's a hit
3: i'm gonna say no man or no man's land and i'm gonna go with the smoking hot take that i think it's their finest studio song since if i could
4: nice
0: Whoa. brad what about you where are you sending people
1: um you know I, I had my mom and my sister listen to miss you um and you know that I. Otherwise, I got you. Got if you're trying to sell somebody on the album, you gotta go with track number nine, which is No Man.
0: Damn, I'm busting out the track
4: number. Shit, getting a bit of a consensus.
0: I'm going. I'm going with you guys. I actually, I, I was thinking about Miss You a lot because I keep saying it to myself. But I think it's just me because I'm a sappy, sappy motherfucker. But um, No Man the is the right on into tight
1: turns. I think is just like a, so great, so nice. Just a great. What do you guys think about Petrichor before we go?
4: i really like petrichor i think that it um it's kind of um the lyrics don't burn burn me up the way uh time turns elastic lyrics do Mm -hmm. and the music i think is really good and i really am excited to hear how they do this live as just the you know the quartet i think that's going to be i really not sure how that's going to go but i'm really excited to hear it do you think they'll play it live trey said they're going to play it live oh he did yeah, uh, Wall Street Journal interview with Ellen uh, Paul. He mentions it. So, wow, very excited to hear that. I don't know cool. if I'll be excited after. Um, I mean, because anything's possible, but but I, I think it's kind of cool. Uh, I, I think it's. You have to have strings, don't you? That's why I'm curious because you know, do some of those parts translate to guitar leads instead of you know a, a lingering violin, or does it uh, does that segment get shortened or? I I don't know. So
3: I think I was all geared up for time turns elastic Two, And I was very pleasantly surprised. I think it's very well layered. There's a lot of tasty licks, a lot of ear candy. It's not nearly as cloying as time turns elastic. I mean, almost to me, it feels like I is all grown up in a way. Um, I was like the full guy with the, my
4: friend, my friend intro and all of that. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, I was, Oh man. I was pleasantly surprised sure. at that. I thought, figured after, oh no, this is one of the tradies things that should have stayed orchestral. But it's actually one of his better attempts at doing like a full band, multi-layered suite in a while. And I'm very curious to see how they pull it off. I mean, it'll, I'm thinking first set closer. It's got it written all over it.
1: Nice. I don't know where I read it, but somebody said that um, Petricor. one of the great reviews was... Petrichor was... 13 minutes and 10 minutes too long and i was mm. like i feel like it's the other way around rough. like you
4: can get rid of the first three minutes like listen to the last 10 i compared it in my blog piece that uh, adam Hart mother and that it's just a big sweet it's a big heavily arranged uh thing and i but i think it really moves and it's it's compelling to me before we wrap up first of all
0: josh mentioned earlier that we do have this um survey going every favorite favorite studio fish track i think we should go do another episode um where we look in in more depth at sort of albums as they stand up to each other there's been there's too much content here man
1: i think we gotta do another one
0: there's a hundred we got about 100 votes so far and like sixty-five songs were voted for as people's favorites. So there's clearly it's clearly over the map with only like three, four or five songs that have five votes each, including "Divided Sky," "Billy Breathes," "Ghost," um, "If I Could," and "Tide Turns," <laughs> which might be Wait, just people trolling us. Oh, wow. but
3: I "Ghost" your best studio. Well, we song?
1: Should... Those yeah, are those... don't five dudes rod the in? Five votes,
0: five votes for Ghost. The same as Ghost. if I could and 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 Billy Breathes and Divided Sky <laughs> right now. But I'm sure those will change over time. But anyway, just maybe quickly from from Josh and and David, what, how do you guys feel like this album so far does stack up? I mean, is it? I guess Josh kind of has already said that that it would it would be something that might be um, forgotten. But David, what's your take?
3: I think it's easily their best album of Fish 3.0. Um, beyond that, it's hard to say, but it seems like the early Fish records, they were devoted to sort of capturing the live sound with a minimal amount of frills. And now that they're older and wiser, they've really came into their own in terms of use of the studio. And it has like a lot of like, I keep going back to the horns and the ear candy. And I think all of that will last, but at least compared to Fuego and uh, I guess Joy, neither of which I listen to ever. This one has me excited to keep listening to it throughout the fall, at the least.
0: Right on. And Josh, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. What's, um, what, do you want to answer that?
5: Oh, yeah. I, would, I mean, I would put it solidly in the middle of mm-hmm. Fish's studio output. Right I will probably listen to it two or three more times and then never again.
4: You're saying that it's a solid middle of the road album. <laughs>
5: solid middle of the road Fish album.
0: <laughs> Jonathan and Brad, you guys um, before we wrap up, what do you guys think? Do you guys agree with David or Josh or have a different take on that?
1: I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's it's really cool to see that the first three albums, I think that Fish made, they produced themselves. And then Picture of Nectar started like, right? The Electra, I think. I could be wrong on that. Um, but they were with they were with companies until the last three and those are all jump productions and that's it's fun fun to listen to them come full circle I think this is exactly what they wanted in a record I love almost everything about it um, even I don't find myself needing to skip a song in this album um, if someone else is in the room or if I'm in the car like it's just all really good I think
4: yeah I don't I don't skip songs in albums generally and I definitely haven't with this one I, except to go back and play friends over again um before i go into <laughs> the rest of the record um, you're the
0: the world's greatest world's greatest uh friends uh, yeah friends maybe maybe awesome. the guy
4: but um yeah because you're think a it's, good friend you know good.
0: and you like friends that's cool you're a good friend you
4: know Fr- friends are cool um, boats in outer space too yeah oh well yeah hell yeah um yeah, so I really like this record. I don't know. I'm I, I'm bad at putting something in this, this when it's this new. Um, I, I think that over the, the coming weeks and months, I'll have a much better idea of how I feel about it. But right now, I love this record as much as some of the early ones. And when the newness wears off, maybe I won't. Maybe in three months, I'll find I haven't listened to it in two. But um, I think I'll be coming back to it
0: nice i think uh, i'm I'm probably more toward josh like somewhere solidly in the middle but i definitely have not been able to stop stop listening to it which i guess says something in itself but maybe that just means that we all really like fish
1: what else that i'm excited about is i think i I always talk about this the artwork like the the album cover looks really cool that the that artists out of china um i think it's like the work is called don't touch me or something uh like 12 or so different pieces it's really cool if we look it up, and I hope they release something with the fish logo. I got, I got something in during Fuego and the one before. So, yeah, there's
4: a uh, big print supposed to come with everybody who uh, for everybody who pre-ordered uh, the album art. So, the vinyl, I think any pre-order CD or whatever, if you went through the fish okay. music dry goods today, um, you would <laughs> you'll get that eventually.
0: Nice. One important note: David said this earlier, but um, everyone should listen to every album really but but maybe go back and listen to this one with good headphones that's a really good um piece of advice because you do hear things that are you know when producers for people who don't know a lot about making albums i guess that's when you do hear what different producers and different different people can can do with music i think it's a good reminder because a lot of people just play stuff on their stereo or in their car and um this one deserves probably a closer listen
4: not that there's same anything really... wrong with Stereo Car. I mean, if you play it really loud, you're going to hear all the stuff, too. <laughs> it's true. Or just play your music You yeah, have a loud. good playback. Yeah, just play everything really loud. Sorry, Josh, David. You were going to say Sorry, Josh. Sorry, David. Or Josh. No, I was uh, going
5: to say, this This podcast is also being released on vinyl,
3: right?
0: Oh, absolutely, of course, in six months. Yes. Only, uh, one there's thing some I wanted to
3: delays. thing I wanted to mention is that anyone who follows me on Twitter or talks to you for five minutes knows a very, very big song of the recent... Trey Tom Marshall uh comp uh saw Mercury. And I guess Bob Ezrin cut it from the record, and Trey said it's my favorite song, and he cut it from the record. And I've been trying to figure out where exactly it would have fit on Big Boat and the Ezra's credit, I kinda can't. It
4: doesn't it doesn't fit on the big boat record we have, but you know, right. there were 10 there were like 30 or 40 songs when they started so there was easily another 10 songs probably that got some real work before they all got cut so it probably fit on the record with shade and i don't know uh steam (laughs) maybe they've revisited again and and, you know those kinds of things as long as they Um, keep playing it live i don't care yes but
1: it's a long album i mean 13 songs you know i mean it's it's nice and long as it is so i agree i'm well, what, what part of the part of the uh part of the Halloween rumor is maybe they just have a whole nother album full of songs for us.
4: I like that rumor.
0: Well, so we're gonna have to wrap it up. Um, somehow over the course of this podcast, Brad has gone from being in a normally lit room to being in a dark closet where all I can see are his his head once in a while when he brings it. You guys are all awesome at drinking beer. Can we just close it by telling people what what beer you're drinking currently? Or the last beer you had if you're not having one right now.
3: Josh? Um, I'm
5: drinking scotch.
3: Okay.
1: Oh, points. Extra extra points. points. That is
3: a good well beer.
1: I just had a Dragoon IPA. It's out of Tucson. It's really delicious. Nice.
3: David? Um, my daughter, we threw her a small birthday this afternoon and I was drinking two roads, Road to Ruin double IPA. It was draft for Connecticut. It's very old-school, piney, kind of like, sort of like the Warren Haynes of IPAs.
4: <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's everywhere? Lots yeah, of... it's everywhere. It's kind yeah, of like a at
0: festivals. Sounds so. delicious. <laughs> Jonathan, what about
4: you? Uh, I'm drinking uh, Old Busthead Brewing Company's Busthead English Pale Ale. They're a small, kind of new joint out of uh, Fauquier County, Virginia, and it's pretty good. What? English. English pale ale. What? Right a, like right here
0: it's a county it's like it's by, it's it's between me and Jonathan sort of anyway
4: yeah it's it's over there on the way to my parents house
0: yeah um cool well um thanks guys thank you David um for joining for the first time and thank thanks you. Josh for coming on again and sharing your thoughts thanks for
5: having me All really right.
0: appreciate it guys and um thanks guys everyone,
5: thanks for putting up with the
1: nonsense
0: i hope everyone enjoys it and um We're going to keep voting on our um, favorite studio track because we'll we'll keep that going and do something interesting with it eventually. But um, until then, um, you know where to reach. uh, Josh is at NolaSox on Twitter. David's at DaveG924. Jonathan, Brad, and I are kind of all over, um, but mostly on HFPod. And um, we look forward to connecting with you guys soon. Thanks for joining and uh, keep on (laughs) rocking.
3: Podcast
1: powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
2: I'm Amara Jones. Every day, the attacks on trans kids grow louder and more anti-trans bills keep moving through state legislatures. In this season of the anti-trans hate machine, we're going to illuminate how the right wing has fueled these bills by generating a breathtaking and wide-ranging disinformation campaign. It's spreading like wildfire on the internet. It's then being discussed by families and churches. None of this is an accident. It's a strategy to delegitimize trans people And create a world where existence is a question. Subscribe to season two of the Anti-Trans Hate Machine: A Plot Against Equality, wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.
2: The number you
0: have reached is one hundred point seven WMMs. Wasn't just a radio station; it was a
5: lifestyle. Cleveland is is a rock and roll
2: city for sure. Get down! the wrath
3: of the buzzard W M M S
5: the rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America profiles the wrath of the buzzard P R O H files subscribe now wherever you get podcasts
3: Hey this is Steve Choi host of the Musicians Guild podcast part of the Sound Talent Media podcast network